Well, hi there. I'm Julie Van Warmer, your host for today's episode of Unshaken, a podcast of the Women of the Word Ministry of Christ the Word Church. Now, this particular season, which is season three, we're going to spend each time we get together talking about relationships. Um, we can't really get rid of relationships. We have people all over our lives, coworkers, neighbors, uh, husbands, children, um, in-laws. I mean, there's a lot of people, coworkers in our lives that we have to talk about. In this season, we're going to do that every week. We sort of are going to talk a little bit about different types of relationships and how all those relationships need to play out and how we can bring glory to God, even in the midst of our relationships. Now, maybe you were like me and as a little girl, you had a BFF. Now, I did. I had a BFF. She lived across the street from me, and um, she and I would spend hours, and I mean hours together. We would play all kinds of imaginative games. We both had Cabbage Patch dolls, and they were our babies for many, many of those days. Um, She had a pool, and one of the things we loved to do was swim. And uh, I remember it was probably 1984, and it was the summer of the Olympics and the new sport at the Olympics that year was synchronized swimming and my friend and I would go to her pool and she actually had a swimming suit that had the three Olympic or the I'm sorry the five Olympic rings on it and um, it was like specific for 1984 and I didn't have that but I still pretended Imagination's amazing what you can do with it. And we would put together these elaborate routines of synchronized swimming. And we would put our hair back like they did, and we would um, do it and pretend like we just won the gold medal at the 1984 Olympics. She and I were good friends, but time changes sometimes. And you know, as we grew older and got to middle school and high school, our friendship just kind of changed and morphed different directions. I've definitely seen her. She's still my friend on Facebook. I love her and I love her family. They always will have a dear spot in my heart. But sometimes relationships and friendships change. And sometimes we have to start thinking about how we can deal with all these relationships. Well, today we're going to listen to a pre-recorded talk that was given at the Um, 2017 regarding him women's conference at Christ the Word Church. Now this theme this year was called imitating God in friendship and the idea was what do we do with relationships? Today we're going to listen to a talk given by Wendy Folk at this particular conference called Astonishing Friendships and next week we're going to listen to part two of Astonishing Friendships. But one of the things Wendy is going to reference early on in her talk is a passage from the book of John. So I'm going to pause us and I'm going to read this for you and we're going to hear this because she's going to reference it as she shares with us about where our friendships all need to start and how we can learn from the best friend we could ever have. John 15. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away and every branch that does bear fruit he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bear much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing." If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. 
If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, that you will love one another. Now let's head right in to this talk called Astonishing Friendships, given by Wendy Folk. As I think about why we're all here, we've all come for one purpose, and that is to worship one God and to talk about one theme, friendship. But all of us come with different experiences, and we come with different personalities, and we all have different preferences. But I want to meet you right here where you're at. And I want to share with you how a friendship with Jesus is the key to solid and genuine friendships with one another. So let's begin by praying. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to come before you um, with sisters in Christ, with new friends, um, and with old friends. And I pray that your words would come out of me, that I would just be up here as just an instrument that you are using. Lord, help these women to see you and not me. And I pray that you would receive the glory. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. My dad's cell number appeared on my phone. While I was tutoring that afternoon, my dad was babysitting my son Tate, who was around six or seven at the time. And I knew that he wouldn't interrupt me unless it was an emergency. So I cautiously picked up the phone. Wendy, it's dad. I'm at the park, and I've lost Tate. My heart just dropped. No mama wants to hear those words, do they? But I have to tell you something first. A couple of years before that, I had gotten a phone call from my mom telling me that she had lost Tate while she was babysitting him in our house. (laughs) Tate has always been our little escape artist. Okay, you never know where you're going to find him or where you're not going to find him. When he was at the park with my dad, he just thought it would be fun to get on his bike and just start riding. He didn't realize that his umpa would think that he was lost. And when he was missing in our home with his umma, he didn't realize that hiding behind a curtain and playing with his toys would be a problem. Tate is our kid that just moves a lot. 
Can you relate to that? Do you maybe have a kid that's squiggly or maybe you're the one that moves a lot? You're a mover and a shaker, always doing something. Well, stay put was a common phrase that I heard as a child and that maybe you have said to your children or to others as well. It's certainly something that my husband and I have to say quite a bit at our home, especially to Tate. Well, stay put. I'm sorry. In this portion of the Bible that was read to us this morning, Jesus is nearing the end of his earthly ministry. In fact, he is nearing the end of his life. And he is choosing to spend time with his closest friends. This was one of his final conversations with his disciples, and he is talking about relationships. And just like my parents told me, and maybe you've told your children, Jesus is telling us to stay put, to remain, to abide. In fact, the whole passage of scripture that was read this morning focuses on abiding. In this translation, the word abide is used ten times. So I think it's probably something that we better know and understand, and it's definitely something that we should live. So ladies, where are we to abide? If you have any question, we have a brilliant sign right here that can remind you. Where are we to abide? In Jesus. That's right. One more time. In Jesus. All right. Good. We're to abide in Jesus. Jesus created us to be in relationships. From the beginning of time and for forevermore, God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit have been in a perfect relationship. And because we have been made in God's image, we crave that kind of relationship with him and with others. Do you have a close personal friendship with Jesus Christ? Is that something that you desire? I know this has been my greatest desire for the past 25 years. I really want to know God and to be known by him. But even though I want this, there are sometimes things that can cause barriers to this. I can become spiritually squiggly, and I can move away from God rather than drawing closer to him. Maybe you can think of some reasons why that might be true in your life, too. There are all sorts of barriers that can happen. Sometimes I'm not feeling well. Sometimes I'm just busy or stressed out. But these things can keep me from having a close relationship with Jesus. Sometimes I relate this to my relationship with my husband. You know, there are times when we feel so close and lovey and just feel so intimate. And then there's other times when you're going through life and you're just kind of, you know, you know, you love each other, but you're just kind of living life beside each other. Well, This is how it can be with Jesus sometimes, but this is not abiding. A genuine friendship will be an abiding relationship. Abiding in Jesus will create a friendship with Jesus. This passage in John has always been one of my favorite passages in the Bible. When I was growing up, my parents grew grape vines over the arbor in our backyard and so I would go out on the patio and I would see the beautiful purples I loved purple and the the plump grapes knowing that they were going to produce some beautiful things to eat and to drink 
And I want you to picture that along with me this morning as we are going through this passage. And I hope that you will see and taste that a friendship with the Lord is good. So in John 15, we have a vine, a vine dresser, who is also called a gardener in some of our translations, and the branches. The vine is the source of life to the branches. If you chop off a branch, what's going to happen to it? It's going to wither up and die, right? And so um, the vine also needs the gardener to provide everything that it needs. Loving care, food, and water. And Jesus used this word picture to describe himself as the true vine and his father as the master gardener and us as the branches. We see that when the branches depend on the vine and the vine depends on the gardener, a fruitful relationship will follow. And to to use our word abide, as the vine abides in the gardener's care, it flourishes. And as the branches abide in the vine's life source, then it grows and it produces fruit. Abiding in Jesus is a glorious thing. But like I said, sometimes things can get in the way of that. And we end up moving away from Jesus rather than closer to him. So let's start by looking at what abiding looks like. Jesus calls us to abide, but he also shows us how to abide. He gave us the perfect example as he perfectly abided in his father. Jesus showed us abiding by the way that he completely trusted in his father. He knew that God loved him and that he had sent him to earth with a specific purpose. And that gave him a security and a confidence As a result of this, Jesus would go away and he would go to quiet places where he could pray and he could spend time with his father. He loved him so much. He wanted to be with him. Jesus abided. He stayed put in his father's love and kindness. Well, knowing that I had a specific purpose helped me to abide in Jesus. When my husband's job transferred us eight hours away from the place that I'd always called home. I was born and raised in Northwest Ohio, and we were transferred away. And while moving away seemed really exciting at first, reality soon became a whole other story. We didn't know a single soul at this place that we were moving to. Uh, When it was time to fill out my child's uh, emergency contact form for school, I had to ask our next-door neighbor, who was a complete stranger. No longer could I put my parents' name down or, um, or a friend. And the excitement of the move wore off pretty quickly. And I remember being at home and feeling so alone. At that point, we didn't even have a church family yet. And I remember the exact moment when I felt like I could spiral into a deep depression if I just gave into it. But I knew that God had sent me. He had taken us out of our comfort zone for some reason, and so I wanted to press in and find out what that reason was. What was his purpose in this? 
And so I determined to learn as much as I could from him. I would spend a great deal of time in prayer and in the word before God, knowing him more and more. And during that time, God blessed me with amazing friends, a wonderful church family, great teaching, and I um, still am using those lessons today in my marriage, in parenting, and in my relationship with Jesus. My abiding in Jesus looked like me being quiet before him and seeking to know him better from his word. And trusting that his purpose was greater than my understanding. And I'm really glad that Jesus trusted his father in every way. Because I know that I can frequently struggle with unbelief and doubt. So if it were up to me in my own strength, I would never be able to abide in Jesus. But Jesus is the vine, remember? And he calls us to stay connected to him. When we trust that it is Jesus' work, his abilities, then that's abiding. Now, many of you may know this is true. But perhaps your own trust issues are greater than what you know up here. And maybe that's what makes this really hard to understand and apply. And I get that. Especially because we are talking about trusting our Heavenly Father. And for some of us, it may be just totally difficult to imagine that he's trustworthy or even good. Because perhaps we've had some trust issues with our fathers here on earth. Having to depend on an invisible father for love and security and safety and confidence Well, this could be a real stumbling block to us if we've never had a father who has hugged on us and told us that we were beautiful and made us feel secure in his love and in his care. Maybe some of us had dads that were absent. Or perhaps they were good men, but they just didn't quite know what their daughters needed or how to give it to them. And I so wish that I could wave a magic wand right now and just help all of us to feel confident and secure in God's love for us. But that is something that the Holy Spirit just really needs to do in each one of us. Over this past year, I've had some opportunities to talk with women who have had really difficult dad relationships. And they've dealt with jealousies. Maybe they've felt ignored. But the Lord has healed them in such specific ways that they have been able to understand God's love for them, even when their earthly fathers have struggled with this. If you're a woman who's here today who has had a hard time with, um, with, uh, your, with your earthly father, and you don't know what that love is like, then I want you to know this for certain. God is the perfect Father. He will meet you in every area that you lack, and he will give you everything that you need. Where you may feel unworthy, or maybe you have difficulty loving others, or receiving love from others, 
God is the best at giving you complete security and confidence. God is completely trustworthy. He has never broken a single promise. And as you turn toward him, he will show you more and more of how wonderful he is. As you open yourself up to him and tell him everything that you lack and everything that you need, he will not be stingy. He knows exactly how to provide for you and how to love you perfectly. And this is what abiding in Jesus looks like. Abiding is trusting Jesus and humbly understanding our need for our Heavenly Father's love and His strength and His total provision. But if we reject this from Him, we will not be abiding in Him. Abiding in Jesus looks like believing and trusting in our Heavenly Father. Jesus showed us abiding through trusting his father. And he also abided in his father by seeing his own needs and going to God to meet them. Remember, Jesus came to earth as a man. And he had the same needs that you and I have. Jesus went to his father in prayer for strength, such as when he was about to be crucified. In intense suffering, he went to his father for all of his needs. And he went to his father in prayer for thanksgiving as he was about to multiply the fishes and the loaves. Jesus knew that everything that he needed would come from his father. This dependency upon God is what perfect abiding looks like. It's a focus on one greater than ourselves. Jesus glorified his father. He put the focus on him and how he was trustworthy and holy and good and loving. Could you imagine if a newborn, you had a newborn, I have a friend here today who has a newborn, and um, can you imagine if that little newborn were to look up at you and say, hey mom, I got this now, I don't need you anymore, I can take care of myself, don't need you to feed me, don't need you to change my diapers, I'm good. It might seem silly when I describe it this way, but don't we sometimes act in ways that seem like we don't need God? Like we don't need to depend on him? No, I got this, God. I'm good. I'm good. I don't need anybody. If I need anybody, I'll let you know. I definitely don't need you. I got this. But refusing help from God or proving ourselves to others will cause our relationships to suffer. As I was just sharing a moment ago about um, God moving our family out of our comfort zone, after that first move, my husband's job actually, we had a transfer of four times in six years. So I was pretty worn out. But as much as I abided in Jesus that first move, I resisted abiding in him the second time. See, I I had met some sweet friends, and God had taught me so much. I didn't want to leave any of that. And what happened was I became more and more focused on myself. And the self-pity grew and grew. And at the church that we were going to, 
they didn't really need me. I wanted to do something, but they didn't really need my help. And so I felt like I sort of had to prove myself so that they would ask me to serve. It was completely insufferable. And I'm sure that my friendships were affected by that. But I know that I was spiritually struggling a great deal, like to the point of needing counseling there. Proving ourselves or being independent is like the branch saying, it doesn't need the vine. We must see our need for abiding in Jesus. We must humble ourselves before him. In doing this, we will better understand his love and his strength and his rest and his peace. Jesus went to his father for everything. He actually pursued God for help. This is abiding. And it takes a whole lot of humility. If we aren't humble, then any relationship with Jesus will grow cold. If we persist in pride, we won't abide in Jesus. And we will wither up and become useless for his kingdom. Do you see your need for Jesus? Sometimes I think it can be easy to look at the stories in the Bible and say, oh yeah, they needed Jesus. That, those prostitutes, the possessed people, those drunks completely needed Jesus. But are we all that much different from those who lived during Jesus' earthly ministry? Like the disciples, do we hear Jesus but just not get what he's saying? Like the Samaritan woman, are we always thirsting and yet never having our deepest needs quenched? Like the drunks, are we filling up on the high life and the laughter and the parties and the social gatherings, but nothing deeper? And like the possessed, are we slaves to sin, listening to other masters that drive us to do things that we know are wrong? And like the adulterous woman, have we given ourselves over to lovers or idols instead of loving the Lord with all of our heart and having no other gods before him? Like all of these people who saw their desperate need for Jesus, I hope that we all see our same need for him. Instead of insisting on being independent and going our own way, I pray that we would desire to abide in Jesus, to stay put in him. And not only did the prostitutes and the drunks and and the others in the Bible see their need for Jesus, but they actually enjoyed their company with him. They saw the hope and the joy that he gives. Do we enjoy our company with Jesus? Sometimes I know that spending time with Jesus is the right thing to do, but it's not always what I would choose. I'm challenged by the Apostle Paul when he says, To live is Christ, but to die is gain. He looked at death as gain because he would be with the one that he loves. And I want to agree with him because it's the right Sunday school answer. But when I wake up in the morning, instead of spending time with with the Lord, my to-do list is so urgent. 
And the glow of my phone, it's always more enticing than any personal time with my Savior. Ladies, how are we ever going to make Jesus more important than our phones? Knowing Jesus more, really knowing him from the word, will cause us to want to abide in him. He is the one at work. He calls me to rest in him. Sometimes we just need to stop moving. We need to stop being so squiggly. And whether that means we need to stop being like that in our bodies or in our minds, we need to rest in him. Because he is taking care of it all. We need to give up ourselves and we need to depend on him for everything, knowing that he is the source of our life and our strength. So abiding in Jesus looks like seeing our need for Jesus. Abiding in who? In Jesus. Yeah, that's right. So abiding in Jesus looks like seeing our need for Jesus. Quick water break. So we've looked at two examples of what abiding in Jesus looks like. Believing and trusting in our Heavenly Father and seeing our great need for Him. So, how does abiding in Jesus result in becoming a friend of Jesus? In the Word, there are specific times when Jesus calls people His friends. When some men brought their friend to Jesus for healing, Jesus looked at the man and said, Friend, your sins are forgiven you. And Abraham believed God, and he did all that he was commanded to do. And in the word of God, Abraham is called friend of God. And in our passage here in John, Jesus tells us that we are his friends if we do what he says. The connection between faith and obedience and being called a friend of God is clear. Faith establishes a friendship with God. But if we are living lives that are rebellious and disobedient, then we are sinning, and our relationship with God will be cold or even non-existent. When I was in college, my friends knew that I was a Christian. Now, they didn't know this from my attitudes or my lifestyle. They knew because I told them. In every way, I was just like them. Except I also claimed to be a Christian. Now, I had professed Jesus at a young age, and I had grown up in a Christian home, but when I left for college, well, did you all see that video of the man who was interviewed by the BBC and his kids barged into the This is how I was when I went off to college. I was going my own way, just like that little girl in the video. I kind of pulled a Jonah, I guess you could say. Well, I was no friend of God's. I was heading in my own direction, and I rejected the Bible. So it left me a a Christian in name only, and I felt very far from God. To have a friendship with Jesus, we must obey. Abiding in Jesus assumes that obedience will happen 
Obedience is the fruit that grows from the branch when it is connected to the vine. Obedience is the evidence of our connection with Jesus. My relationship with God had been cold and distant because I was living a disobedient life. I wasn't abiding in Jesus. The hymn that we sang, those words really spoke to me and they described me well. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. I was spiritually so squiggly that I had wandered far from the Lord. And I'm sure that I appeared lost to those around me. Well, several years after college, I had gotten married and I was pregnant with our first child. My husband and I had, um, had been going to church because, well, that was the right thing to do on Sundays. We were both raised to, to do that. Um, but I was still just a Christian in lip service only. However, we had become friends with the pastor and his wife, and they asked us to join a small group. And in this small group, there was a couple there. Now, this couple had gone through some difficult times. And I just want to say that I am so blessed because the wife of this couple is actually here today. And I'm not sure she knows what an impact she's made on me. But um, this couple had gone through some difficult times, and they had recently uh, really been changed, their marriage and their lives, by Jesus. And the way that they were talking about Jesus was different than how I had been thinking of him. They talked about him like he was an everyday personal friend of theirs. Well, the Holy Spirit began convicting me of where I had been sinning. I hadn't been following Jesus. I had been going my own way. And God changed me. And he gave me a desire to follow him and obey him. Now it's been almost 25 years, and it takes perseverance day after day to fight my sin and choose instead to love God and obey him. But I keep doing this because I love him, and I desire an intimate relationship with him. But in all honesty, this is not easy because it goes against my very nature. I would sooner take the easy road and not fight my sin. And there are some days that I do. I grow weary and I kind of give up. But I can't stay there. Because to enjoy a real friendship with Jesus, I know I need to obey him. Now, is this something that we do in our own strength, ladies? (laughs) I sure hope you're not trying to to obey in your own strength because this is going to wear you out. And you're going to end up being angry and frustrated. Obeying is the fruit of abiding in who? That's right. The only way that we can abide is by, the only way that we can obey is by abiding or remaining or staying put in Jesus. It is Jesus' power, his strength, that gives us the ability to obey and keep on obeying we absolutely need him. Remember, as we read in our passage this morning, we are told that we can do nothing apart from him. So if you are living contrary to the word of God, you are disobeying. And this is not the lifestyle of a friend of God. Abiding in Jesus grows the fruit 
of obedience in our lives. And we are called a friend of Jesus if we do what he says. So abide and obey. Well, are you convinced yet that abiding in Jesus will result in a beautiful and close friendship with him? Are you ready for this yourself? I'd like to wrap this up this morning by putting our focus on Jesus and seeing why he is the best friend you will ever want. Jesus is your all in all. He's completely trustworthy, and he will love you perfectly. And Jesus says here in our passage, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Jesus sacrificed everything for his friends. And that means you, if you know him as your Lord and Savior. Jesus sacrificed everything. From his birth as a baby, Jesus humbled himself and took on human flesh. The creator became as his creation. Can you imagine the divine conversation about that plan? What would it have meant for the one who made the light and the skies and the seas and the animals and man to become one of these created things? Jesus sacrificed his divine rights. In his life on earth, Jesus was born in a manger, a place fit for animals, not for the Son of God. And he lived in a poor carpenter's family. He grew up in Nazareth, a place known for nothing good. And he poured himself out to people, serving them and healing and teaching. And Jesus lived a sacrificial life to the very end. He obeyed his father's plan to live his life and to give his life for his friends. And he could do this because he fully abided in his father, completely trusting him and loving him. And Jesus could do this because he loved us. Not while we were his friends, but while we were his enemies. Jesus is the best friend that we could ever want. Being called a friend of God, how is this even possible? Why would the perfect friend, Jesus, even want to be friends with us? This friendship with Jesus comes only through the Father's choosing and the Holy Spirit's work. For God to even call us his friend reveals a crazy kind of love and mercy on us. The perfect with the imperfect. And the creator with the created. And the holy one with the sin-filled ones. This friendship is nothing short of astonishing. So before we leave here this morning, I want to ask you a couple of questions. How is your relationship with Jesus? Is it warm and intimate? Or is it cold and distant? 
Will you trust him? Will you believe that he will love you perfectly and that he will take care of your every need? Can you stop squiggling and stay put in him, knowing that you don't have to prove yourself to him or strive in your own strength? Maybe some things have gotten in the way of a warm and close relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're in a busy stage of life. Maybe you're just weary from fighting sin. Or maybe you've put up walls of protection around yourself. But I want you to know this. When we abide in Jesus, he will restore our joy. And he will take our every burden. And he will relieve our concerns and diminish our fears. He will fill us with a total security and he will extend a sweet and personal friendship with us. And this friendship with Jesus is the foundation. It is the very key to having beautiful and genuine friendships with one another. So ladies, after you go to your breakout sessions now and you grab some lunch... I'd like you to come back here this afternoon so that we can talk more together. And I look forward to being with you. We're going to see how abiding in Jesus will cause our friendships with one another to be even more astonishing. So one of the things that I learned a long time ago is that when I want to remember something, I have to write it down. So it might be something as simple as my grocery list, like if I'm going to get ranch dressing or if I need sugar, I have to write it on the refrigerator notepad because I will never remember when I get to the store. And this is so true of things I want to learn. So today, as you and I listen to this talk, I had my notebook here because I wanted to write down some things so I would remember. So here's a couple things I picked up from today. One is I need to be careful that I don't go my own way. That's really easy for me to do. I can get going every day and just kind of set aside my walk with Christ and pretty soon I find myself not doing the things God calls me to do. So I ask you, are you going your own way? Another question that comes to my brain right now is, am I abiding or staying put in Christ? The opposite of going my own way is abiding in Christ, and that means I have to be reading God's Word. That means I have to be confessing my sin before the Lord. That means I need to be praying every day, and I need to be cultivating that fruit of the Spirit in my life. I don't know where you are, but A notebook and a journal is a great place to start writing down some of these ideas. I hope you have a few things that stuck out to you today from Wendy's talk. Hey, thanks for listening today. Next week, we're going to jump in to part two of Astonishing Friendships. This week, we listen to how we need to focus on our vertical relationship, which is our relationship with Christ. Next week, we're going to talk about how that vertical relationship with Jesus makes a humongous impact on all of our horizontal relationships, all the people we see every day. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for 
your word and how true and rich it is. I thank you for each of our listeners who are listening intently and wanting to grow and learn. I pray, Lord, that as we go throughout the next week, that we will think about how we're doing in our relationship with you. I pray that your Holy Spirit will convict us when we are trying to go our own way and that you will help each woman listening and myself to honor you and to trust you and to lean on you and to run to you in all of our circumstances and to spend time with you this week. I thank you for this this podcast and the opportunity that we have to be together each week. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress, because of God. Until next time.